Welcome to Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast, a podcast to help you connect with your highest self that features episodes combining psychology, spirituality, and energy healing. Please welcome your host, Zandra Haas, a spiritual wellness coach, psychotherapist, and psychic medium in Boulder, Colorado. Welcome back to my podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in. I put a little blurb out there in my mailing list about this episode, so some of you might already have an idea about what this episode is going to focus on, which is connecting to your past and future selves. If you are not on my mailing list and want to get approximately, I think I send out one email a month with info, usually on new blog posts, podcasts, um, upcoming events I'll be at, including the Denver Psychic Convention coming up in March. I call it a psychic convention because that's actually what it is, even though the professional name for it is the Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo. Ooh, I think it's just a bunch of us psychic energy people (laughs) there. So I just like to call it the psychic convention, but you know, Renewal by Anderson windows are also there. (laughs) So maybe just folks that have a havingness for that kind of information. But if you would like to be on my mailing list, please feel free to head over to my website and a little pop-up will ask for your information a few seconds after being on the website. So I'm feeling a little jittery right before this and during it a little bit right now just because this is a topic that I get really, really excited about and really want to share with you all. And um, I found myself being like, no, I should, I should put something out that would be more helpful that I, that I know completely everything about, because this is the topic that is so healing to me. And yet I don't know, you know, I'm not a, a physicist or someone that understands from the mathematical and more technical left brain parts how time works in a non-linear way. I only know my own experience of it and the healing that it's really offered me. So I'm authentically offering this from where I am because it comes up in my dreams, in my everyday reality. And it's something that continues to come in. And so I'm speaking from this place about how it can maybe be supportive to you and connect you with your full self and spirit on a non-linear space. So I will sort of start by explaining that. Maybe I'll start with the story. Yeah, I think I'll start. I'll start where it began. So a few years ago, I was driving home from a client meeting, feeling an immense amount of grief. Obviously, you can probably tell if you've listened to my other podcast episodes that it's it's taken a lot of personal work to understand how my empathic qualities have really helped me attune to the people that I'm grateful to work with, but how it has also caused me to how do I say, accidentally match the frequency of those around me 
and also cause me to try to take on healing things in other people that are not mine to heal. So, you know, for example, as a therapist and as a coach, I might be sitting with someone that expresses that there's something very difficult going on in their lives. And for a long time, my method of understanding people and really being with people was matching the frequency of that person to really dive into compassion with them. And when I say matching the frequency of it, you know, for example, matching the frequency, it's almost as if you were sitting across someone, right? And they're experiencing a lot of grief or sadness. And so let's just give them a color, right? Say their color in that moment is a dark blue and I'm maybe purple. And so as they're talking about the grief and the sadness and that sort of dark blue, as an empath or as a person that's sensitive, not only do I feel that, but when I'm in a counseling or coaching position in the past, I would lean in and almost take a little bit of that blue energy and absorb it into my energy field. And then I would turn my energy field blue based off of the energy and the sort of information psychically that I would get from that person. And so I would match that frequency and all of a sudden feel grief. I would all of a sudden feel sadness. And I think it can be really healing to other people when they really see that we get it, right? That we totally understand and we're feeling it. I've cried with people, cry with people all the time, you know, for joy and sadness. But for someone to really see where you are because they're feeling it can be very, very meaningful. And I found that I could really understand the people I was around and really help them. But the problem was, is I matched that frequency and so I would take that energy with me afterwards rather than giving it back. Overall, I have found that many empaths, myself included, change our frequency to the energy of those around us, sometimes on accident, because we've been programmed that we are worthy or safe or valuable when we are in a place of trying to heal and balance other people. And and truly, it also makes you feel more powerful, right? Less out of control. Because if you're an empath and you're feeling the energies that aren't yours, if you try to heal them, then you're able to maintain more control over your own space. For instance, you know, if you were to grow up in a family system and you were the peacemaker or the one trying to balance things, the family system might have started relying on you to play that role. And so naturally you begin playing this out. Or sometimes I see folks that were the IP in psychology or like the identified patient in your family or the one that's often blamed for most of the difficulties occurring in your family system that often people aren't owning up to. (laughs) And if you are the IP in your family, oftentimes when you tried to release that energy or had a reaction to feeling it, you were blamed right? For bad behavior or for acting out this energy, being the one that's screwed up in the family. And, you know, everyone else is just normal. (laughs) Not usually true. Um, In reality, you know, you might have been taking on the family energy of what wasn't working or some of the subtler energies happening underneath, right? Like the grief maybe your mom felt because your dad worked all the time and wasn't emotionally available, right? Or the underground anger that your father felt that he didn't say out loud, but maybe you felt because he didn't feel appreciated for the time or effort he put in to keep everyone safe. 
right? So these are just examples of if you're an empath and someone who's really sensitive, you are often going to take that energy in and either try to heal it or try to move it through your system. And then we end up playing these roles in our families. And as children, we feel all the subtleties in the family, regardless of whether they're spoken. And we try to figure out how to survive in this system. And sometimes as empaths or people that are sensitive, you realize learning how other people feel and trying to heal them or make decisions based off of knowing how people feel can make you feel the safest. You know, or maybe it, maybe it seemed to keep the family more happy by acting in that way. So I'm digressing, <laughs> but as you can see, there are all reasons why empaths start this habit, how we, I'm going to call myself an empath, how we start this habit and may continue it throughout our lives. So as a therapist, it took several years to see how this wounded healer coupled with the uh, undercover codependency I mentioned in the last episode reinforced my empathetic tendencies to match the frequency and energy of those around me very consistently. So back to my story. After I was leaving this client session, you know, working with this kind of empathic grief, you know, it was just, I was covered in it. It just felt like I was just submerged in this pool of grief because this person was going through some pretty devastating things. And it was a very silvery gray day in Colorado, which as those of you know that live here is incredibly rare for it to be gray here and not sunny. But it was, I remember it was so cold and rainy and the grief felt so big that I, I remember my body didn't know how to hold it. And I could feel it erupting out in my tears as I drove on this highway. And there were these huge dirty puddles of rainwater just splashing up from my tires onto my window. And I, I looked out the window and I, I just felt like my body couldn't hold it, you know, around me or in me. And I was just sobbing. And it was the type of grief that comes sometimes when you question your purpose, right? You question your existence, and every thought seemed to start with the word why. You know, why am I here? Why do people have to hurt so much? Why aren't things better? Why can't it be easier? You know, all these questions layered between these huge aches in my chest. You know, it felt like I was getting pulled under this massive wave. And my body felt like I was becoming just more and more heavy and trapped, really. So without really thinking about it, in this sort of monsoon of rain pouring down, I just decided to roll down my window completely and stick my arm out the window as I'm, you know, driving down the highway. And I just, I remember just this amount of water just gushed in and it splattered my face and my hair and this cold wind just rushed into the car and wrapped around me. And I could just feel the ache and I just started singing. <laughs> and I don't even remember what I started singing. But I, I turned my head to look at my arm out the window. And I did not see what I expected to see, to say the least. My arm out the window was not my arm in current present time, the arm I have right now. It felt like the whole world stopped. Almost as if someone pressed pause on everything happening within me and around me because 
all I could feel was space. All I could feel was just this calm, open, just space. You know, my arm was mine, but it was it was covered in brown sunspots. And my skin was paler and thinner, and I could just see all these blue, tiny veins under the surface. I just remember looking like it was covered in rivers. You know, the rain coming down, washing down these tiny rivers on my skin. It was like there were so many tiny ravines and marks, you know, from a life lived over many decades. So this this arm that I was looking at, it was my arm, but it was my arm when I was much older, when I'm in my 70s. And so I started crying even harder, but the grief was gone. The tears were due to this like momentous light that just switched on inside of me. And it's hard to explain, but it, it was like discovering like a light switch in a room that you use all the time. You know, it's like finding this light switch you've never seen and you turn it on and something new in the room becomes illuminated and you realize what was there that got illuminated was there the whole time. You just never turn the light switch on. So in that moment, it was like someone peeled away this illusion I had of linear time, of linear reality. That time had to exist in a line. (laughs) And I remember thinking, it's me. It's me. And I know I'm going to be okay because I have me now. I have the future me now guiding me. And so... I began practicing asking my future self to become a guide for me in present time. I began asking her to send me love throughout my day and reminders that even in these crazy times, especially even now, to really abide in love rather than feeding my fear of not knowing. Sylvia Brown was the first psychic I ever knew about and I watched her on Montel (laughs) on television at an early age I remember watching her on stage and people would raise their hands in the audience and she would just call out their name you know and would answer any question that someone had and I was fascinated how someone could be so energetically tuned into the soul tuned into this other frequency that they just knew regardless of the person it was fascinating to me and she was the first person that I heard talk about spirit guides recently I was reading one of her books and she talks about how if she ever made a class on becoming more psychic it would be the shortest class ever I started giggling when I was reading her book because taken a lot of different classes on how to increase your psychic skills and none of them are very short so I was like "Ooh, this is gonna be interesting so she she literally gives these three steps one ask a question with your full heart which can be out loud in your head step two say from your heart to your higher power right whatever you name as your higher power hit it higher power or blank or whoever or whatever and then step aside in order to receive that wisdom 
And then number three, be willing to accept the first answer that you get. (laughs) And so I, I laugh a little bit because I think most of the time most people can do step one and step two, but step three is the hardest thing when the ego or the left brain tries to override the intuition, right? So if you're like, you know, say you have a Saturday and you have all those big lists and you're like, you know, what should I do with my Saturday? And you ask your higher power and your higher power says rest. But your ego is like, no, we have to get all this done. I think it is the hardest thing to step aside, put what you think you need to do aside and trust what you hear. I think that is the hardest part for people and where the downfall in actually following their intuition can go sour sometimes. So I think this strategy is brilliant. And I started using something similar to connect with my future self. I started giving her space to be really real to me. And I started getting rid of a lot of the pictures that time is linear and that I can't heal my current life with advice from my future self. So this doesn't mean that my future self tells me exactly what's going to happen in my future, right? Because if I knew what was going to happen, I wouldn't necessarily learn anything. But my future self can see what my spirit is trying to grow towards in this life and to work on. And so she gives me words of encouragement and advice for how to work through things with more kindness and also with more joy. So as you can imagine, creating space on an altar, bringing my future self in to sit next to me, right? When I'm driving in a car, just imagining my future self with me and her, you know, giving me advice or courage. I started really wondering if my future self could help me now, then could I actually heal parts of me that were struggling in the past? Could I actually be my spirit guide for my past self right now if my future self was being my spirit guide for me now? This is the the tricky part where I'm going to try to explain this the best I can with the information, awareness, and knowledge I have now. And this is also jumping in a little bit to story number two. If you've listened to my previous podcasts, you can probably tell that I've worked on the sensitivity thing for a long time. And as a teenager, I went through some pretty difficult life challenges early on. My partner, Nick, took a a look at my astrology chart when we first met. (laughs) And he highlighted how difficult my early years were because of my turbulent inner emotional world combined with some of the sensitive and psychic gifts that felt incredibly, for lack of a better word, debilitating as a child and as a teenager. There was this incredibly difficult cycle that would happen when I would get emotionally overwhelmed. I remember being pretty frightened of it and basically because it felt like I lost all control and would spiral into these really emotionally dark places of being really overwhelmed and also not wanting to exist. You know, these were pretty difficult physical sensations that would go with not only the mental overwhelm, right? So I would, you know, hyperventilate, I would shake. 
you know, it felt like I almost fell down a black hole inside of me. I would just disappear and fall into complete fear and also fall into shame, especially if it happened in front of other people. And I couldn't explain any of this to other people either. You know, it might, it might have taken me sometimes an hour to go through one of these, what I called attacks. And then I would try to explain that would happen and end up becoming upset because of how embarrassed I was of my reactions and not being able to control them. In later years, therapists labeled the outbursts as potentially part of panic disorder or some sort of anxiety attack. But the strange part and the part I always got mad at as a kid was that I always felt this surge of hope and light at the end of the attacks. I always felt like there were things happening at the end that brightened, like everything was going to be okay which was strange because the entire experience felt like a part of me was dying. I remember feeling like I couldn't identify as being fully depressed as a teenager because I was sad a lot of the time, but I also was strangely very hopeful after having one of these outbursts. You know, I would it would be like bad, 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 you know, crescendo, and then it would go down, and then at the end, there was just joy and hope and I remember wanting to identify you know as this like sad depressed angsty I wanted to have that identity my ego just really wanted to feel at home in something you know and um I couldn't I was like whatever happens to me at the end of these outbursts there's so much hope and joy and all the you know black hole overwhelm that I felt is is gone So for a time, I thought maybe they were a way of me releasing energy, which they absolutely might have been. But I still didn't understand just the the bright hope at the end. So fast forward a couple to a couple years ago when I was thinking about how I could heal some of my past experiences becoming by becoming a guide for past me. And I was excited. I was hopeful, you know, at the opportunity that. Perhaps I could move out some of this loneliness and isolation I felt as a kid or at least, you know, send some messages to myself from my awareness now that things were going to be okay when I decided to jump into this for the first time. You know, like any any good ritual, I lit the candles. (laughs) I got a big comfy blanket and laid on my floor just because I love doing, you know, journeying sort of work and grab my drum. And I asked my guides and the elementals, and any other angels or spirits that wanted to help me work on healing some of these places in the past where I needed guidance and love and healing from a future me. And I closed my eyes and I jumped in. And wow, (laughs) you know, when I, I jumped in, my guides took me to a really big spacious place with a lot of light and I was looking at something like a movie reel in front of me just a really really long one in fast motion just moving and I could see this thread of energy in the reel this reel sort of symbolized my life you know from beginning to now in this life in this body And I could see this thread of energy that invaded my space 
when I was experiencing these outbursts or these attacks. You know, I could see the doubt and the sadness and the shame and the darkness that was woven through. But I could also see its purpose. I could see where these experiences were going to be catalysts for me because I felt at that time so uncertain of myself. I could see my healing journey and I could see how important these lessons were going to be, especially in speaking my truth. My mom and I laugh, and I think I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, I can't remember, but I had such a hard time speaking my truth as a kid and actually vocalizing, and so I would have to write a letter to people when I was upset and send it because I I couldn't be witnessed. I couldn't say my truth out loud and actually regulate myself at the same time. It was so difficult. I could see how important these lessons were going to be. But I could also see how lonely I was. I could see how isolated I felt. You know, I could see how much I felt like I had to hide these things in order to have close friends at that time. So I took a step back from this reel just sort of eyeing all of it in this, you know, massive room that didn't seem to have walls. And I looked down at my body and I could just see this brightness emanating out of me. I could see this soulfulness. I could see my spiritual certainty. I could see my own inner wisdom and this compassion and this love for myself. And so with a full heart of care, I just, I made the intention that I would insert hope and love and a kind of reminder to myself that things were going to be okay and I wanted to insert this sense of okayness into every experience I had as a child and a teenager where the thought of giving up my life and not wanting to exist occurred so I made this intention in my heart And I watched my healing energy emanate out of my body and this hopeful love and reminders just started pouring into this reel, into every experience I had like this as a child. You know, and I knew that it wasn't going to change the past, right? Like change the trajectory necessarily, but it was this weaving like I mentioned, and this guidance and this truth, putting it into my experiences so that I knew I wasn't alone. And so I stood back watching thousands of trails of energy weaving out of this reel. And it just hit me like I suddenly realized it. Like I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I felt. This was the confusing and simultaneously supportive and loving energy I felt as a kid you know I I I just it hit me and I could remember sometimes being so angry at it because it didn't make sense how I could ache and hurt so bad and then after the outburst completely trust that things were going to be okay I like I remember yelling at the hope that I felt one time because I didn't know where it came from and it saved me so many times from making some very unwise decisions about harming myself as a kid, both physically and emotionally. So when I had this realization of like, oh my gosh, the healing, the offering I'm giving to my past self, this is exactly what I felt. This is the hope. And so time, time just stopped. 
And my spirit just felt like it was sitting in a bowl of light and I understood everything. I understood how I was guiding myself then. I understood that present time me was guiding past me as future me. And I just loved myself enough to not try to change my experiences, like I said, but to try to soften them and bring love to these places that felt very dark to me then. All of a sudden, you know, it was like past, present, and future me were all together. It was if present and past wasn't linear and that my intention to send love to me was being received on all levels. It was a huge reminder to me how important it is to step out of this nonlinear reality viewpoint and how we all do it all the time, especially in our dreaming world is where it's most, most seen by other people. So can I, can I explain to you the mechanics of how linear and nonlinear time work? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, okay, maybe, but I, like I said before, I think there are plenty of physicists that would have more to say on the matter but frankly I don't even need to know I don't think I need to know how it exists I think all my heart truly knows is that it helped me and so often when I'm working with clients that have breakthrough moments or moments where it feels like something they've struggled with for a long time they now understand or have a lot more awareness around or feel like they've healed I tell them to imagine taking a picture of this aha moment right this kind of like capturing the feelings and the joy and the space and all the pieces I ask them to imagine putting a picture this capture of this aha like I made it moment in an envelope and send it back to themselves I have them send it back to all the times in the past where there was a pain or confusion or uncertainty about this particular thing, you know, not as a way to override that experience, but to expand them, to bring hope as a way to cheer your past self on that will make sense someday. Just imagine, imagine if you sent hope and love to all the experiences you had in the past right now where things were difficult. It would be like giving yourself a hug, the hug you probably needed, you know, to remind yourself how strong you are and that you absolutely positively have everything you need. Being a guide to your past self is truly being your own best friend. You know, I often hear people talk about the importance of loving yourself and sending these messages back to yourself and also asking for help from your future self is immensely healing and you can shift your frequency. Spirit guides, angels, nature spirits, the elements, all of these energies are supportive beings that you can tap into to help bring more fullness and encouragement to your life. But you, you, your spirit, your awareness, your love, your trust, these parts of you are immensely important to tap into and to use in order to move more and more into your spiritual certainty, right? So spiritual certainty being your certainty that you're a spirit in this body and that creativity and joy and play is always available to you. So even if you're a little curious about what I brought up, allow yourself to play with it. You know, take a couple minutes, close your eyes and send love to a past moment where you would have really have loved to have a future self 
a future you sit next to you, hug you, give you advice. And as I mentioned before, see if you can ask future you a question about how to work with your life right now and be willing to accept what you hear. These are all opportunities for you to play with bringing more healing and love to your life. If you find yourself playing after this podcast, sending love back to yourself, please let me know. I would love to hear your stories. I would love to hear what happens for you if you allow yourself to play in this realm of being your own guide in both a past way and also a future way. Thanks so much for tuning into my podcast. As always, sending you so much love on your journey. Thanks for joining us this week on Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast. Make sure to visit Zandra's website, soulessencewellnesscenter.com, to find more resources about how to transform your life. Zandra is available for private coaching, energy healings, psychic readings, and much more.